0: So we had Jason Jackson on a couple of weeks ago and said that he was the most recurring guest on Miami mic Up. And if this man does not challenge him, if not surpass him, uh, Will Manso joins us today. You know Will from his work with WPLG and, of course, on our heat broadcasts as well. Will Manso, it's good to see you. It's good to have you here again on Miami mic
1: Up. It's great. I haven't kept count. I know I've been on a few times. I don't know if I'm at Jack's level yet, but I hope (laughs) I'm getting close. He's hard to keep up with, man. Jack's is a a mile a minute. Everywhere doing
0: everything. Everywhere doing everything. Um, Well, Will, since you've been on here a number of times before, you know the first question that I always ask my guests is, what is something Mm -hmm. outside of work that has recently brought you joy?
1: Uh, my youngest daughter was just named student of the week in her class, oh, yeah, yeah. So, nice. which is, which was a big deal because she had wanted it so badly. She had seen her friends get it. And we kept telling her, her mom and I were like, you know, just keep working hard. You'll be fine. And she finally got it. So when I got the call yesterday from my wife, like, I was at the heat game and she's like, guess what? And then, you know, she showed me the thing on on FaceTime. That made my week. I was happy for I I was excited that she finally got her wish. Yeah.
0: That's the best. That's awesome. Especially when, you know, it's like all the other friends are getting it. So you need to, uh, need to keep up. You don't
1: want to, you don't want to look jealous. You don't want to be like, oh, I'm not happy for you. I'm so happy for you. But I really want it. You know, especially when you're eight years old. Oh, I love it.
0: I love it. That's awesome. Well, um, we will move from from the uh, the actual family to to the UM and FAU families. We're going to talk Final Four here. Um, before we get into any Miami Heat basketball, I want to hear about your experience at the Final Four because those who have not been paying attention, somehow living under a rock. Mm. Two South Florida teams made it to the Final Four. Yeah, that incredible. doesn't happen. Uh, FAU and UM both had miraculous runs here to get to the Final Four. Obviously, UM was a team that, that maybe believed a little bit more that they could get there at different points of the season. But I just want to hear, before we get into the basketball, before we get to the mm-hmm. actual basketball side of it, how was your experience, and and how cool was it to see all the UM and FAU fans out there for the Final Four?
1: I mean, surreal, surreal is a guy like you that has spent most of my life in South Florida and, and, you know, followed all the teams and being a UM alum and being a guy who grew up in Palm Beach County. So I know about uh, FAU I mean, right history or those. lack thereof. So, so I got there and I had never, it's the one major event I'd never covered. I never covered oh. a final four until last weekend. So number one is I'm just excited as a sports fan. I'm like at the final four, right. but then you get there and the 24 hour span was so wacky from the time we landed to the next morning, because it was UM and FAU practicing, right? And available. And I'm looking around at all the logos and everything. It's Miami and FAU. It's the final <laughs> four. And then it's like, as if that's not surreal enough, I wake up the next morning, which is game day, and go interview Dwayne Wade wow. as he's introduced wow. to the Hall of Fame. Wow. So it was right. like. You could like if you if you woke up one day like six months ago say I had a dream that I was like at the final four Miami FAU were there and then Dwayne Wade was there like you'd be like oh wow that's a cool dream Uh, bizarre like a random dream and that's literally what happened so it was just very surreal I was so happy for both schools I know they lost and you know the basketball part of it but I mean they were in the final four like Mm. you can't get any more special or incredible of a season than that.
0: Yeah, those two teams really had such special runs, and you're right. It would have sounded like a made-up dream if, if oh, on yeah. a random on a random Tuesday in November, an FAU and Miami were actually playing in front of like 600 people, you know. And yeah. and you said, yeah, they're both going to be in the Final Four, and I'm going to be absolutely interviewing Dwayne Wade the day <laughs> exactly. of. It's just it's priceless to put it together. But let Weird. let's cover that basketball side for just a second. You know, both of these schools make these runs. Obviously, a lot <clears throat> of the time, you know, these are sort of one-off. Type of things. I think for mm-hmm. for UM fans, I think there's more reason to believe this can can be an indicator potentially of of consistent success. That's not to yeah. say that FAU can't, if Dusty May sticks around. Um, but with Jim Larinaga now Elite Eight and Final Four back to back years, just from a basketball side, how impressed yeah. were you with both of these teams? And you know, wh- what do you think of now, sort of their future prospects?
1: Well, I mean, I can't say enough about Dusty May, the job he did there, you know, his resume. I don't think there's many people listening now that knew who Dusty May was six months ago. I mean, let's be honest. I had heard of him. I knew that he was the coach at FAU, but I knew nothing about his background or I, you know, and and I keep up with people there that tell me that he's a great coach. But again, you don't really equate it to Final Four. So the job he did was phenomenal. And they've got a long way to go program wise because, look, the facilities need to get upgraded. This is a huge step for them. The amount of exposure, money they'll get. He's the right guy in place to do that. I think from Miami's perspective, they've already kind of been on the rise, as you mentioned with Coach L the last decade plus, and and they've made you know NCAA tournaments last year, the Elite Eight. I think Miami's structure is this. They've figured out, it seems like the NIL base, right? Like kids love being in Miami. And if you're with the transfer portal and NIL and all those things, Miami's kind of the hotspot for it mm-hmm. because it's such a great place to be. If you're going to transfer for like your senior year, what better place to come to Miami to give it a final four run, you know, or try to get there? And then to play for Coach L. We all saw the video of him hugging uh. all his players, his leaders, his starting lineup at the end of the game. Well, how can you not want to play for, for a guy like that? I mean, he's phenomenal. He's a great human being. He's a great coach, too, aside from being a great human being. So I think Miami's kind of got the setup to where this could be maybe not Final Four every year, but a team that could compete in the NCAA tournament and make runs like this year in and year out.
0: Yeah, in this version of college basketball, they're certainly the type of program that could be sustainable because even if mm-hmm. it's not – you know players that are here and and talk on the women's side as well by the way they made an yeah, unbelievable awesome. run and I, I don't want to ignore that they made an elite eight run themselves and were spectacular and that's a program in the same way with katie meyer that in a lot of ways you look at not only two great human beings at the helm and and i can't say yeah. enough great things about coach l who you know, when I was just an you know an uh, AP at Channel Seven, and they'd send me out to go get sound, he was so gracious and would give these incredible answers.
1: Yeah, but, but He'd on make top feel of, like you were Jim Nance or something. Oh, for you know sure, I mean? like, it was it, unbelievable. He made science. me feel yeah. so
0: important. I was a 22 year old punk who had just graduated from UCF, who'd been you know talking crap about Miami, and and he you know he he makes you feel so loved, and I can imagine that the players feel the same way. And when you look at Dusty May, I, I can't help as a UCF guy, but compare and say, you hope he sticks around for a few years to help mm-hmm. build up that program because their basketball program in some ways reminds me of where UCF's football program was when they quote unquote won the national championship. And it was about upgrading facilities and building something yeah. that you know now has a reputation. You hope Dusty May can stick around to be a part of that. But let's move from, yeah. from college hoops to the <clears throat> professional side. You know, I wasn't sure where I was gonna start on Heat with you. I wasn't sure, hey, you know, should we talk about individual players? Should we talk about where they mm-hmm. stand? and then the fourth quarter happened last night. Um and so we have to start with Jimmy Butler. Uh Always. Jimmy Butler last night nine points going into the fourth quarter. Uh only had taken one shot at the half. And then in the fourth quarter, 18 points on 7 of 7 shooting. Perfect. Yeah. He's playing the best basketball of his career, which is really insane to say. Yeah. What what can we even say at this point that that properly puts you know, Jimmy's dominance into perspective, Mm -hmm. even as the Heat continue to sort of struggle to get as many wins as they would like down the stretch.
1: I think the way I look at it now is that, you know, you mentioned the best season of his career. Statistically, you look at what he's done, just his efficiency numbers, uh, everything he does. If the Heat were a top four team in the East, Jimmy Butler's an MVP candidate. Now, I don't think he's the leader of the MVP race, obviously, with, you know, Embiid and Jokic doing their thing. But I think he's a top five candidate if the Heat were a consistent top four team and a team that, you know, had been up there throughout the season. What Jimmy's done this year is phenomenal. And he's done it in a year where, look, you and I are there all the time covering these games. And I know fans get frustrated and they look for reasons to, to why this team could possibly make noise in the playoffs and anytime someone asks me i tell them the same thing jimmy butler that's it that's and it's it. not to disparage bam or tyler and their development and what they could do but jimmy is the guy on this team that can truly take over a game when he wants to at any point and i say when he wants to because jimmy doesn't want to yeah. take over every game Because he knows that that's not a formula for winning championships. You can't just say, hey, you're my best player. Take it away and win four games, a series, you know, three different times to get to the NBA finals and then do it in the NBA finals. Like it just doesn't add up. So Jimmy's doing his best to bring everyone along. Moments like that game last night in Detroit where he just took over are going to be there. Right. But they can't be the norm. It can't be every game. Jimmy, save us. We've seen it all year long. It doesn't work that way. So but Jimmy's season, I, I can't say anything else other than he'd be an MVP candidate if the Heat were a better team.
0: Yeah, realistically, he should still get some votes just because he has carried them to this point. And, you know, it's funny, you said a couple of things that sort of just triggered different thoughts in my mind, which which one, you know, it's rare that you have a team where the two best players would probably rather not score. And Jimmy and Bam, they both would yeah. rather facilitate for for other players, and you know it's 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 a definitely a, a unique look at a team where you have two stars who are that way, and it, it's different than yeah. a lot of other franchises. You look across the way at the West and you look there at a seven seed that's technically one game worse that has another superstar in LeBron James playing some good basketball and because they're starting to win games everybody's like oh trendy seven seed they yep, same yeah. sort of hurdles for them you know that the Heat will have to face and then lastly you know we saw this from Jimmy last year where he mm-hmm. had to basically in the playoffs individually carry the Heat to that seventh game of the Eastern Conference Finals. He was the guy that got them there, and now he's playing even better. So if you want to convince yourself that a guy can do it, it's him. But that leads us perfectly to Tyler Hero and Bam Adebayo, who you brought up. Their seasons have been different from each other. I would say, you know, Tyler at the, the very beginning of the year looked like he was going to have that leap. And then, you know, this year he's had moments where he, he definitely is a more evolved player than he was years prior. Mm-hmm. He has gotten better, but has been more up and down. Where Bam Adebayo has consistently been great all season long. If anything, here at the end of the year... It, Not to say it almost looks like he's like running out of gas, but he was the guy putting the team on his back for a large part of the season playing every single night. And I think sometimes late in the year, that's what we see from Bam is he's a guy who plays, you know, 80 games or whatever it might be.
1: At one level, by the way, level 100 out of 100. Every single game,
0: every single game. And, And that's the difference between what he and Jimmy have had to do in the regular season. That being said, um. And it's ironic because I feel like I asked either Jax or Eric the same question going into last year's playoffs. But if I say between Tyler Hero and Bam Adebayo, one of those guys is going to play well. And one of those guys is going to play, needs to play their best basketball. Mm -hmm. Of those two, which would matter more in terms of playing their best basketball in order for the Heat to pull off the upsets that they want in the postseason?
1: I think it's Bam because he's more of a two-way player, you know, mm. or he is a two-way player more so than Tyler. Not that, right. again, you know, Tyler works hard on defense and, and Eric Spolster's talking oh, about improvements though. there, but obviously it's not a strength in his game. And he knows that he's trying to improve game in and game out at it. But Bam he is an elite defender, a defensive player of the year candidate. And we've seen that he can be a 20 and 10 guy offensively yep. consistently. You know, you mentioned about running out of gas. I think it's a, it's a great way to look at it since the All-Star break. Bam really has run out of gas a bit. And I don't, and I, I know Bam won't say it, and I know no. like he'd probably be annoyed if you brought it up. Correct. But the truth is he has done so much max effort wise on offense and defense to keep this team afloat along with Jimmy and Tyler at moments too, to keep them just in the playoff race. Right. And he and right. so much. I and mean, you look, you I'll give you a perfect example. I've never seen a human being at the end of a game look more exhausted than Bam. Never. And that's not because he's not, because you ever interview him in the Winter just circle, right? Drenched. And he, he needs like two towels, and yep. it's because there's only one level for Bam, and that's mm-hmm. the way he plays 80 games a season. And I think between that and going to the All-Star game and not having much of a break, and now he's had a little issue with his hip where he said the other day he could barely walk. Mm. I mean, it's taking his toll on him. They need Bam to be his best in every which way uh, to have a chance because, again, Jimmy can't do it alone. Tyler can be good, and he has been. I mean, he had, mm-hmm. 18 against, he had that quiet 18 against Detroit. That's just the way right. Tyler does it. But they need Bam to be that 20-10 and guy and elite defender to have any chance against Boston in the first round, which seems like a likely matchup. And if they somehow win that, what ends Mm -hmm. up happening the rest of the playoffs? I mean, they need Bam at his max. And it's not for lack of trying. It's just he has done so much. I wonder if his body's just... Breaking down a bit down the stretch, a little exhausting. Yeah, that's that's kind of
0: my feeling when you look at it. And he would never say it himself. He would never be the type to put that on him. And nobody on the Heat would. But this is a guy who bruises and bangs, and even for that matter, is tasked. He's not a you know the biggest guy in the league as a center, so he's sometimes tasked with playing against guys who are big and physical. And all year long, he's giving max effort. The the perfect example is like it's the difference between like what Jimmy did last night, which was all right for the first half. Mm -hmm. I'm just gonna kind. Of chill and let everybody else do their thing and yeah. bam who was always at 100 motor um yeah. you know bam can't do that
1: bam can't do that He's it's just not in his physically DNA. And mentally <laughs> yeah, yeah it's
0: just yeah. not him um so it'll be interesting to see hopefully the heat you know can can be in a position here where in the next couple of days you know maybe it's after thursday where They know they're going to be the seventh seed and can get Bam a couple of days off before, you know, heading into the postseason. But let's look at the rest of the roster around those three guys now. Um, The big switch yesterday was keeping things the same of Max Struess in the starting lineup, Kevin Love to the bench. Um, and, And I think, you know, it. It reminds you a little bit of last year, Max Drew entering during the starting lineup late in the year and unlocking yeah. some stuff for the Heat. But what what to you are the greatest sort of benefits of this change when you look at that tweak? And and why has it worked so far in just a couple of games?
1: Well, I think, you know, number one is you have the understanding that Max is a guy that's capable off the bench or starting. But there seems to be a comfort there for him in the starting role where, mm-hmm. you know, his shots come better. The spacing is better that he seems more comfortable. Similar and, and, to what
0: it used to be for Duncan, by the way. Same sort of deal. Yes.
1: And remember, Duncan was a starter for a while, and he wasn't. And then Max got put in, and mm-hmm. Max played well last year in the postseason in some big games. And I think from Kevin Love's perspective, you know, I, I get asked all the time about Kevin Love's impact. And it's not that he's had a lack of impact. I think Kevin Love has had impact. It just hasn't been a monumental impact. It hasn't been, you know, his three-point shooting hasn't been good. Uh, his rebounding and toughness, I mean, you see him continue to take charges. and He's and drawn maybe,
0: like seven like, charges in the last two games. It's crazy. Yeah.
1: He is look, he has been a benefit to his team and his leadership and his and being a veteran guy heading into the postseason, all those are good qualities. And I think Spose kind of figured out that I need to get the best, best out of Max. I do. i give him Kevin Love a really big you know, sample size, and it hasn't really gone to plan. So why mm-hmm. don't we try to ease it in off the bench and you know get him in those moments, get him the good looks at three, get him out of that toughness and that stuff that we talked about, I think Spo has just figured out that might be the better plan. But to Spo, we know one thing about Spo; he'll change the plan at any moment. You yep. know, if it's not going well, he's not afraid to change it. But I think to his credit, another thing he's shown is that heading into the postseason, he's not married to lineups. He will do this kind of stuff a week before the season. He's done it before. And I think it's worth the shot. You know, it's not like Love's going to lose minutes. He's still going to play his 23, 25 minutes a game, just in different spots.
0: For sure. And and speaking to Kevin Love after the game against Dallas, like he seemed very comfortable with that group. He's seemed comfortable with with the bench unit and these guys at this point you're going to see probably you know and only an eight or nine man rotation so the chemistry is there with those starters oh he did it with Kyle bench.
1: he did it with correct Kyle. I mean, you're talking about two NBA all-star veterans in the past if you would have told
0: me second five if you would have told me before this season hey you're going to go into the postseason and Kyle Lowry and Kevin Love are going to be coming off the bench for Gabe yeah. Vincent and Max Strus, I would not have believed you I'll tell you that um and and that's not to say that either of them are playing poorly it's just that's kind of seemed no, to be what works best for, what works for this yeah. group and so as we look at that eight-man rotation you know it's bam it's butler it's hero it's streus and it's vincent in the starting lineup and it looks like lowry love and martin off the bench um i imagine mm-hmm. we could see some cody zeller depending on the scenario the matchup the series yeah. but um you know before we do look at that series it, it, you know When you look at this rotation, do you think that this is the one that can sort of give the heat that consistency they've been looking for this season? Or is this more of sort of a, you know, shot in the dark? Hey, let's hope this kind of works out. And I think it may just be the
1: latter. Yeah, unfortunately it's the latter. And look, you and I, again, we we do broadcast to the team and we try to be optimistic. We're not gonna sit here and bury the team and say they're terrible no. because they're not, but we have to admit they're inconsistent and yeah. they haven't shown at any point of the season that they're getting close to the consistency. Like you can't almost excuse the first 65, 70 games yep. if the last 10 12 games of the season, man, they look like they're trending up and the consistency is there. It's
0: what we but it's thought not. after that Knicks game, not. and then it, did yeah, just, it's not it didn't there. happen. It's not right.
1: So, because of that, you can't sit there and, and lie to the fan and say, like, hey, this team is peaking at the right time. Watch out for the heat. Again, I think Eric Spolster being a great all-time coach and knows what he's doing, is trying this and saying if it right. works. If it works, it'll look brilliant. And they're hitting threes and they're spacing well and they're playing defense and everything looks great. And Jimmy's taking over games in the fourth. Then that's the formula for the Heat to have success against whoever they do play in that first round, again, likely Boston. But to say that, hey, you should feel confident, like this is set up for that. Right. It's, it's going to be tough. This team has not been consistent. They've been looking for it all year long. Look, the players in that locker room are the same way, just as the fans. They're confused mm. as to why they cannot figure it out. Maybe they're not as, you know, as, as nasty as the fans when it comes to the <laughs> yeah, Maybe not. Why- but but I think internally they're struggling as to why they haven't been consistent and they're hoping to find it this last week in the play-in game and then into the playoffs.
0: And it's good to be able to ride Jimmy Butler into that postseason. I am going to ask have. you to 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 do me a favor here. And it okay. looks like it is going to be Boston, right? It mm-hmm. looks like it is going to be Boston. Um, more likely than not, they currently have a two-game lead against Philly. I believe they can clinch that two seed they tonight. They clinch with, a win. with yeah, the win. Yeah, they tonight. win tonight.
1: It's a clinch, and which well, would help it. the Heat Thursday. Then Philly Correct. wouldn't have as much to play for. Hopefully, they sit, guys. So Correct.
0: We'll see. So, so weirdly, Miami rooting for Boston, which mm-hmm. Go I don't, I don't know, I don't know how that one works, but they're not. They're no, not. no one, no one's rooting for Boston, but uh, mm-hmm. with the Celtics, probably is the two seed, and the Heat, obviously, most likely as that seven seed. That looks like what the matchup will be in the first round. Should the Heat get out of their play in tournament i i want you to give me let's say the heat pull off the upset what are the three reasons why that happened
1: yeah i think the three reasons are the three guys the three main guys doing their role jimmy being mm. jimmy like if jimmy's you know we talk about playoff jimmy and we see parts of it in the it's regular happening season now. but just it's just jimmy like there's no playoff jimmy jimmy's a great player who, it's just him getting to do it wants, on the national stage exactly when he wants to take over games he'll do it when they happen to be playoff games, people call it playoff Jimmy. I think playoff Jimmy, Jimmy, star Jimmy is number one. Number two is if Bam is the guy we just talked about in 20 and 10 and force, and he's back to the Bam pre-All-Star break, you're looking at an elite player, top 20 player in the league, 15 to some yep. on what he could do offensive and defense. And then if Tyler can be that – You know, we we saw Tyler, even in moments he was struggling, would hit big shots in the fourth quarter. Remember Sposing said a few weeks back, like, I want want Tyler to think the first three quarters of the fourth quarter. Like, I want to put it up on the board like it's the fourth quarter. If you get that Tyler in a series like that, then again, that's the formula. The Heat defense has slipped a bit, but I still think offensively, you know, if they can get those three to play offense the way they can and take over games, I think the defense kind of goes off of that offense. You know what I mean? The Heat talk always about defense and offense and, and the way it works hand in hand. Uh, I think you'll see better defensive effort when you see the offense clicking and working well and vice versa. So I think those are the three. I mean, I think you're in a, in playoffs, you need your stars to be stars. Mm-hmm. That's the Heat's big three. They need to be that big three in a series against Boston or whoever. But let's just say Boston to have any shot to win four times.
0: I think that's a great point that it really does come down to those stars ultimately for for every team. And yes, we could talk about, you know, yeah, it'd be great if the other five guys shot greater than 35% from three or some sort of arbitrary yeah. number. But ultimately, if those three players in Tyler, Jimmy and Bam are playing their best basketball, this team can hang with anybody on it all yeah. year. And they'll be playing with house money. That's that's the fun part. All right. Last question for you. It's my way to shoehorn the other two teams into this conversation All right, uh, here got? on Bally sports. So uh, last night, Matthew Kachuk scored in a huge Panthers win. They're back in playoff position. Uh, Sandy Alcantara did Sandy Alcantara things through a complete game shutout or, you know, realistically the term is just shutout. He threw a shutout yep. against the Minnesota twins in what was a game that took an hour and 57, hour 57. minutes. It was Great. insane, but I put it out on Twitter yesterday, um, and the results so far actually have surprised me, and I'll let you know what they are, you know.
1: I want to know after I answer.
0: After you answer, I want to hear. But what I asked was, of those three, Jimmy Butler, Matthew Kachuk, and Sandy Alcantara, which Mm -hmm. is the best at their respective sport?
1: Oh, well... I, I would say Sandy Alcantara. I would say mm. Sandy because I think he's out of the three. First of all, Kachuk has been. It's, it's a shame people don't follow the Panthers as much. And it's also a shame that they've struggled this year after winning the president's mm-hmm. trophy last year. Uh, he's been better than advertised. I mean, he's been fun. He's top five in the league in scoring. Uh, he's been so much fun to watch. And he's a big reason why they're even in this playoff race down the stretch. Jimmy, Correct. we talked about already. Jimmy's a top 10 player in the league to me. I mean, he's a phenomenal player and he, and he can take over games. But Sandy is at a point now in his career where, in a in a league and a sport where hitting and home runs and all this stuff is the sexiness of it, he's old school. Sandy is a true horse and ace that you don't see. Like there are not guys that in Game Seven of the season. Are going complete game and shutting out a team that, by the way, had been a undefeated and doing it on 100 pitches in less than two hours. That's like, crazy. that doesn't happen. Like, there's nobody else in baseball who does that. Like, you could right. talk about Shohei Otani, best player in baseball, two way superstar. Yeah. I get it. But from a pitching his position, he is as old school. He is in the Bob Gibson mold of just get on uh-huh. the mound, give me the ball, throw the ball. The guys from the 70s and 80s that truly don't exist anymore because right. obviously the game has changed. Sandy's an old school throwback. So to me, he's the best because he's like one of one. I don't think there's anybody else like Sandy in Major League Baseball.
0: He is. He, he's, he's sensational. Um, he is the reigning Cy Young Award winner. And that is not at all, as I know you prefaced with, to diminish the skills of Matthew Kachuk and Jimmy Butler, who have both been so dominant. Kachuk, you but, know, oh, yeah. there's people saying, like, if it wasn't for Connor McDavid, he, he could potentially be the MVP of the NHL. He's been that great. Absolutely. Um, that being said, here are the results of the poll so far. With 586 votes cast to this moment, in third place is Matthew Kachuk at 22%. In second place is Jimmy Butler at 23%. And overwhelmingly in first place is Sandy Alcantara at 55%. So the people agree. You have very smart
1: listeners and viewers You do. Because I think, I I just think he's, again, he is a unicorn. Like he's just so rare. And by the way, we talk about good guys. I mean, as the nice a human being as you'll ever find. The best. A kind soul, good human being, great teammate and phenomenal player. He's mm-hmm. the all, which is what makes it a shame that the Marlins aren't better and hopefully they will get better because Sandy, Sandy goes after the Marlins, give him a run and he says, I'll take the rest. I'll do I'll do the rest. I'll handle it. I'll be fine. Nobody does that. You give a guy one run, it's just not enough in this day it, and age. It's amazing.
0: You know, I, I, I thought about it uh, yesterday when the game happened that the last two times because a Garcia hit the solo homer to give him mm-hmm. the lead and, and have that all happen yesterday. And I thought about it. the last time of Garcia homered in a Sandy start was the one in St. Louis last year that was like his iconic performance from oh, last yeah, season, where he kept where the ball, he and, kept the kept the ball in, yeah. and he wouldn't let Don, Don Mattingly take him out and he pointed at the dugout afterward and gave the fist pump. And so, I think we need a Visael Garcia homering in all Sandy well, starts. It means, it means all, around. all the way around, yes, absolutely. Well. <laughs> Uh, the the people's host, as we'll say, based off those Twitter polls, Will Manso. Uh, Will, before before I do let you go, where where would you like to direct people toward um, to give any sort of plugs before before I let you go?
1: Well, I mean, always Local 10. If, if you watch local TV, we, we try to do a good job with our local broadcast uh, over on Channel 10. And I'm obviously excited about the playoffs. Valley Sports has the first round of the playoffs, so if we yes, can get we do. through the play-in for the Heat, we got playoff games. You and I are going to be busy uh, and hopefully having some fun, winning some games. So And then on Twitter, at Will Manso, if you ever want to ask me a, a question and get a stupid answer, then I am your guy. 100%. Yes,
0: that's it. That's it. <laughs> ask Will Manso stupid questions. At Will Manso on Twitter. Will, thank you so much once again for joining me on Miami Mic'd Up. Always my pleasure. Thank you for listening to Bally Sports Florida's Miami mic Up with me, Jeremy Taché. And a special thank you to our national sponsor in Southeast Toyota. Visit your local Toyota dealers or toyota.com today and take advantage of the amazing deals on their full line of vehicles. No matter your destination, Toyota goes with you. Toyota, let's go places.